Welcome to this week's edition of In the Loop, a weekly podcast on the activity of the Washington State Senate Democrats. I'm your host, Allison Dempsey-Hall. The third week of the 2012 regular session began with a Government Operations Committee hearing on marriage equality, drawing supporters and opponents from across the state to testify. Ian Cope reports. Overflow crowds spilled into the halls and the rotunda of the state capitol on Monday as Senate Bill 6239 received its first public hearing before the Senate Government Operations, Tribal Relations, and Elections Committee. Bill sponsor Senator Ed Murray said he had waited 17 years to ask the legislature to recognize marriage equality and reminded the committee that the history of Washington and the United States was one of undoing acts of segregation and inequality. In our history as a nation and as a state, each time we face division, we have answered with equality. For the next two hours, supporters of the bill took turns with opponents in offering their testimony. As the hearing concluded, word came that Senator Mary Margaret Haugen had declared her intention to vote for the bill, giving it a 25-vote majority. That turned a post-hearing press conference into a celebration for Murray and supporters. So let me just say thank you for your courage over these many years and your courage today. And thank you to all my courageous colleagues. Thanks. The bill may be passed out of committee by the end of the week. Reporting from Olympia, I'm Ian Cope. Three days after gaining its 25th supporter, the marriage equality bill faced its first vote to leave the Government Operations Committee. Ian Cope reports. Days after receiving its first public hearing, Senate Bill 6239 has moved out of the Senate Government Operations, Tribal Relations, and Elections Committee. All in favor, propose substitute Senate Bill 6239. Signified by saying aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Hey. No. Post substitute Senate Bill 6239 has received a due pass recommendation is sent to rules subject to signature. Committee Chair Craig Pridemore's historic words moved the marriage equality bill to the Senate Rules Committee from where it can go to the Senate floor for debate and a vote. On Monday, the measure received its 25th Senate supporter, providing the majority that would be needed for passage. Reporting from Olympia, I'm Ian Cope. Marriage equality was perhaps the most talked about issue for this week. But other measures were receiving public hearings, including a bill proposed by Senator David Frocht that would assist short-sale home sellers. Ian Cope reports. Senator David Frocht is sponsoring Senate Bill 6337, which would protect short-sale sellers from being pursued by lenders for the difference between the sale price and the remaining loan balance. Short sales occur when owners, often in distress, sell their homes for less than the amount they owe their lenders. The lenders can pursue the seller for the remaining cost or write it off. Frock says his bill protects the seller from lenders who seek to double dip by attempting both options. The banks will basically have to make an election of whether or not they're going to write off uh, this debt and the tax benefit or pursue the consumer, but it will not allow them to do both. In addition to protecting troubled sellers, Frock says that he hopes the bill will help to increase the closing of short sale home purchases in Washington. The bill is supported by the Washington State Realtors, who are working with Frock to pass the measure. Reporting in Olympia, I'm Ian Cope. On Wednesday, Senator Debbie Regala and Senator Adam Klein continued to lead the way in the effort to abolish the death penalty in Washington State. Ian Cope reports. Senate Bill 6283 would do away with capital punishment in Washington State and make the strongest criminal sentence life in prison without the possibility of parole. Bill sponsor Senator Debbie Regala says that keeps the public safe at a lower cost. We spend millions and millions of dollars in that very important but lengthy process of trying to decide if someone should be executed or not. That money could be much better spent in more positive ways. Regala says the cost of prosecuting a capital case is $800,000 more than a non-death penalty case. And in King County alone, $7.4 million was spent on four ongoing death penalty cases back in 2001. 
In addition, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Adam Klein says that Washington's capital punishment law doesn't make criminals think twice. The death penalty does not deter capital crime. People who are in the throes of committing a capital crime do not refer to RCW 9A. Washington has had the death penalty option in place since 1981. In that time, 30 people have been sentenced to death, but only five of those sentences have been carried out. Reporting from Olympia, I'm Ian Cope. On Thursday, a bill sponsored by Senator Marilyn Chase, which would require the labeling of foods that contain genetically engineered materials, packed Senate hearing room two. Ian Cope reports. People should know when genetic science has been used to enhance food grown in Washington. That's the premise of a bill sponsored by Shoreline Senator Marilyn Chase. Senate Bill 6298 would require that genetically engineered food be specially labeled, a provision required by more than 50 of Washington's export markets. Chase says without those labels, Washington's farmers would be put at a competitive disadvantage. I believe it is in the best interests of our state and our farmers and to protect both our state and our farmers and our export market in every way. And I think a simple labeling system would do that. The bill is supported by medical professionals who question the health effects of eating genetically engineered food and by a growing number of wheat farmers like Douglas County's Tom Stahl. Washington State exports about 80% of its wheat and loss of our foreign markets would be a disaster. The bill received its first public hearing on Thursday before the Senate Agriculture, Water and Rural Economic Development Committee. Reporting from Olympia, I'm Ian Cope. As the third week of the 2012 session drew to a close, Senate Majority Leader Lisa Brown and Senator Derek Kilmer met with the media to discuss the progress made in January and plans to provide jobs while improving the state's infrastructure. Ian Cope reports. Senate Majority Leader Lisa Brown told reporters on Thursday that the legislature is ready to begin floor action on early bills this week and expects to have a supplemental budget to consider by the middle of February following negotiations with Senate Republicans. We feel we're making good progress in our conversations both with them and the House and we took a quick look at past short sessions and the budget tends to get released the second half of February, so I think we are on track for that. Brown and Senator Derek Kilmer also explained the Senate's preliminary infrastructure investment package. The nearly $1 billion package is designed to boost employment while at the same time targeting infrastructure improvements that will help the state now and in the future. We have been very, very conscious in the types of investments that we've been looking at to make investments that are not just short-term construction jobs, but really focusing on those investments that can bend the curve of our recovery. Kilmer pointed to work at wastewater facilities, college campuses, and roads and ports as high-priority areas. Kilmer says doing this work now while construction costs are low should allow the state to accomplish more at a lesser cost. Reporting from Olympia, I'm Ian Cope. That's it for this week's edition of In the Loop, a production of the Washington Senate Democratic Caucus. For current updates, visit us online at www.sdc.wa.gov and follow us on Twitter at WaSenDemocrats.